Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Craft Beer Talk Show. I'm your host, Matt Sausch. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. This is episode 29. Today we'll be discussing New England IPA. I wanted to talk about what it is, where it comes from, and why some people have a hard time accepting it as a style. Uh, Then later on, we're going to drink one of the best beers I have had in all of Nova Scotia since I've been here, and honestly, one of the best beers I've ever tried, period. Uh, This week is a a special week. My sister is actually coming out to visit me, uh, and this brewery is one place that I will definitely take her to. Uh, Then I've got another buddy coming out to visit not too long afterwards. And I've done a lot of hyping up uh, of this place, so we'll see if other people who love beer feel the same way. Like I said, we'll be discussing this brewery near the end of the show, so if you're interested, please stick around. Okay, so New England IPA. N-E-I-P-A, as you may have seen um, on the cans in and around your favorite spot to buy beer. Uh, why this beer, you might be thinking. This is this is one of the most popular beer styles you've seen when you, you shop for beer. Um, why are we discussing this as if it's some sort of niche find? Well, you're right. Honestly, the New England IPA, uh, which also can be referred to as a juicy or a hazy IPA, is quite literally one of the most popular styles we see today. But this wasn't always the case. In fact, some people have a hard time accepting that this should even be a style in general. So let's start from the beginning. It all begins about over a decade ago uh, with a man named John Kimmich and his brewery, The Alchemist. You might recognize this if you're a beer historian, uh, self-proclaimed or officially claimed connoisseur. Um, This beer was called the Heady Topper, uh, and it was taking the nation by storm. The brewery itself was located in Vermont. Uh, The beer was cloudy. It was hazy, um, which, you know, sure, it wasn't necessarily a new thing. There had been other styles uh, to take that sort of uh, depiction on before, but this beer was hoppy. It was juicy. It boasted aroma like it had just come out of the shower, washing itself with oranges and other citrus fruits. This was an IPA. This was new found way of doing it. Uh, it quickly spread to other breweries um, in the New England area, hence how it, it got its name. Now, it wasn't for a few years later until the trend really kicked off nationally. Um, and then soon after that, it was globally. Soon, New England IPAs were basically everywhere and any brewery you went to was sure to have one on tap ready to serve but it was in all this attention that this realization came about people started asking themselves wait a minute haven't i seen this before doesn't this seem awfully familiar oh wait yeah i know what this is like it's very similar to a west coast ipa so this proposed the question of Isn't New England IPA basically just a West Coast IPA? So this is where if you are a craft beer enthusiast, you're putting on your thinking cap and trying to recall the two styles. So I guess to start off this little compare and contrast, we can first break down the West Coast IPA. So West Coast IPA, once upon a time, was the beer to rule them all. This was the king of IPA, and it seemed like there was nothing that could bring it down. The West Coast IPA is known for its um, sting, uh, hoppiness, and its 
power-packed aromas, uh, as well as its high bitterness and uh, a classic pine-citrus combo flavor. So how does that stack up to New England IPA? Well, to be quite honest, it's very, very similar. It really is, and I, I can understand the debate, but there is a difference. I'd say the difference is more in the taste uh, more than anything, as they both pack a punch with the aromas, like I mentioned, uh, the stinginess, the hoppiness. Um, but the biggest difference has to be how it is brewed and how that affects the beer. So in a West Coast IPA, we see the hops being added during the boil. And this results in that sharp, bitter taste. Um, the aromas are there, but when we add hops during the boil, it really sinks into the flavor um, of the finished product. Whereas the New England IPA uh, is a juicy, clean, and smooth. A lot of that hoppiness is actually masked, right? And it's not as bitter. It's you can you can taste the the hops, but you can't necessarily get that sharp bitterness like you do in a, a West Coast IPA. And this is because the hops are added towards the end of the boil or dry hopped, which is uh, adding the hops once the beer has finished boiling and starting to ferment. Um, a lot of these beers are even double dry hopped, where we will see uh, another round of hops being added maybe in uh, second stage fermentation or once the beer uh, is done fermenting. So the big difference here um, is in the addition of hops. And, and honestly, it does play, if you've ever brewed beer before or, or talked to a, a brewer, it plays a huge difference, um, you know, to, to make it as simple as possible. It's really kind of a, a flavor versus aroma thing. The later you add hops, sure, it adds flavor, um, different things are being released, but it's really going to have a bigger play on the aroma when you're breaking down the hops during the boil and adding it um, as you're brewing the beer. You're going to break down those plants and you're going to get all those oils and they're all going to drip into the beer and, and really um, add to that hoppy bitterness flavor. So there's also um, a reason for why the beer gets its distinct cloudiness and that is from um, leftover or residual hops um, or ingredients from the grain bill, the haziness actually can also be intentionally added, um, which in my opinion can add the most confusion considering you could really make any um, style hazy or unfiltered, but that doesn't make it a New England IPA. Maybe that makes it a hazy West Coast IPA um, or any other style that you're brewing, but that's, I think, pretty much where you know the main debate comes from, right? Isn't it just a hazy West Coast IPA? So that's the number one difference. That's where it lies. And and call it a small difference, if you will, but it plays a massive hand in separating the two styles. It was actually only in 2018 when uh, the Brewers Association finally gave this style its credit and created uh, a juicy, hazy IPA category. So even though we've seen these beers for what it feels like forever, it, it really wasn't that long ago when people actually started giving it uh, its deserved credit. Even to this day, right? You, you'd have people who will debate you on, is a New England IPA really just a derivative of a West Coast IPA looking for an excuse to give it a different name or uh, trying to stand out? 
And honestly, does it really even matter? It's amazing. I have no problem accepting that it is a completely different style. Um, I'd say New England IPA, hazy IPA, juicy IPA is one of the best IPAs there is. And it's it's by far the most popular. And I think most beer consumers would agree with that. Um, so yeah, to this day, it's it's been given a category. Um, although it's it's more popular than ever, um, it's still one of the few styles that's almost guaranteed to be brewed at most breweries. Um, you still have a large portion of people who consider it uh, West Coast IPA. Uh, unfiltered and last hopped, which is fair, um, but it is what it is. And all I can say is that the beer we're going to be trying is the best New England IPA I have ever had. So let's hop into it. Let's get into uh, the brewery. This brewery, just like last week, is from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. And uh, we're going to be talking about North Brewing Company. Unfortunately, I don't know too much about the history of the brewery, where it all started. Um, so I will have to look into contacting North Brewing and seeing uh, what they have to say. Maybe I can um, do another episode where we break down a little bit more of the history. But honestly, it's an awesome spot with um, seating availability inside and outside. When I visited, I sat on the outside patio. And I recommend doing that unless, um, you know, you're really into seeing the interior workings of a brewery. Then you can sit inside as uh, the inside seating surrounds itself uh, with the fermenters and brew kettles and um, all that kind of stuff and, and packaging lines. So that's really cool. But honestly, you can do both. If it's a beautiful day, go outside, uh, grab a seat. And then afterwards, when you're, you're picking up some merch or some beer to go, uh, check out um, all of the, the machinery and the inner workings and ask some questions. It's it's awesome place, and I know you won't regret it. Now, the interesting part about this brewery, before I get to the beer, is that there's actually something else that I thought was just amazing. Now, I'm saying that this brewery produces one of the best beers I've ever had, one of the best New England IPAs I've ever had, but it also produces some of the best food I've ever had at a brewery. Now, I'm not one to say that a brewery needs to have a restaurant or have good food, but obviously if it does, then it's a little bit more inclusive. For people who are there to just enjoy the experience, good food is going to bring them regardless, right? And, and beer just becomes, um, you know, a bonus. So I actually ordered a fried chicken sandwich and we had a mountain of garlic fries and honestly, I think just checking this place out for those two things alone, regardless of what you think of the beer, it's it's awesome. Um, I think garlic fries is a pretty big thing here in Nova Scotia. So maybe for Nova Scotian listeners, that doesn't sound you know too out of the ordinary. But honestly, I was blown away and the fried chicken sandwich was um, absolutely to die for. So go check that out. Um, and now the beer. This beer... It blew me away. When I moved to Nova Scotia, I tried a few beers here and there, um, especially when I had to quarantine. I was ordering beer, so I didn't. I couldn't really look at the can. I couldn't really read much about it. Pretty much just ordering online, picking random beers just to try. Um, and I and I wasn't really aware of North Brewing at the time. So I believe it was after quarantine when I was able to finally go to the liquor store. And at this point. Like I mentioned, I didn't know anything about North Brewing, where it was, or you know where a lot of breweries were. 
Um, I hadn't traveled very far from my apartment, so it was kind of just, you know, a random pick. And honestly, it was incredible. Um, all the points we kind of made about the differences between West Coast IPA and New England IPA, I think this is a perfect beer to do uh, a comparison on because I think it hits all of the notes that make a New England IPA different, um, that could make it different from a West Coast IPA. But, um, of course, let's obviously crack this thing open um, and try it that way. I know I've had it before, so it's not uh, a typical episode where I haven't had the beer and I'm trying it for the first time. But let's kind of uh, break down this, um, this beer step-by-step step, uh, together. So introducing Malternate Reality by North Brewing. All right, so we've got the beer poured Um, So let's go step by step here and and first we'll talk about kind of what we see and what we smell. So the first thing that we see is the classic haziness. It pours a beautiful hazy gold um, kind of orange copper color. Uh, Pretty traditional for for most hazy IPAs. Um, Then the aromas is the next big thing. Now we mentioned that dry hopping and, and the addition of hops later in the process is going to complement the aromas you know, beyond belief. So that's exactly what this, this beer boasts. And the aromatics are just outstanding. Tropical fruit galore. Um, you kind of get like a mango, pineapple, and then of course, citrus, right? Citrus is, is one of the most popular flavors when it comes to these hoppy beers. Um, but I love how you just get so much other fruit other than just your classic orange, orange peel, uh, grapefruit, or anything like that. Um, you actually can smell all of these different flavors as if, you know, you were shopping at the the superstore, the, the market, and picking all of these different fruits. Uh, I'm a big mango person, so for me to get that mango scent um, is very appealing. Then on the back end of it, you almost get this kind of like, I, I think almost like a tea type smell, um, where it ha- it's like sweet and herbal, um, but it's very subtle. And honestly, you might not pick it up, or I might just be smelling something else. But uh, that's what I get from this beer. Um, let's taste it. That's the most important part. So let's give it a sip. So. The big thing, I think, when it comes to a New England IPA versus a West Coast IPA is the mouthfeel. You get a lot of sharpness, I find, with the West Coast IPA, right? It's a little bit more crisp um, because you're getting a, a ton of hoppiness and bitterness pretty much right up front, right through the end of the, the uh, to the finish. Whereas this beer... It's it's vibrant, so you get all those those fruitiness flavors that I was talking about in the aromas. They hit you right away, so you can taste that. But they're so mellow. It's very very uh, pillowy, um, very soft, and super refreshing with that juiciness that we'd expect from a New England IPA. Um, let's give it another sip because it's just a beer that you want to keep going at. So again, we get that creamy, silky, smooth um, taste. And then all the way through to the finish, you you get this bitterness. Now, a New England IPA 
isn't going to be as carbonated, in my opinion, as a West Coast. Now, that's that is such a big variable, and things can change depending on the brewery. But this beer is almost perfect for carbonation. It's so soft. It's just enough to create a really nice, thick, pillowy head, but not enough to kind of say, ah, well, it's a bit too sharp. It's a little bit stingy. I think it's just so soft and so relaxing that it's it's perfectly balanced. You know, and as you, you dive deeper and deeper into the beer, you get all of these different flavors and they're they're all starting to come out um you know things you you've never thought you could taste before so i i honestly call this like a a fruit basket type beer where you're tasting mango up front you're tasting orange then you get this guava and pineapple it's it's really complex but it's done just absolutely perfect um and this is why i i believe it's definitely one of the best beers i've ever had if not the best beer i think on my untapped um, if you follow me on Untapped, it's it's probably my top uh, rated beer. I think I honestly gave it a, a 4.75, which is pretty much perfect, right? Um, no beer is really completely perfect, but this beer is as close as it gets. Now, this is the canned version we're tasting. So I had had the canned version before I went to the brewery. Right, and so I loved it so much. I knew I had to to get there. And the whole reason I found it was we were driving. My girlfriend and I were driving um, from Dartmouth back to Halifax, and my girlfriend had noticed the the brewery, and I was like, "Oh, North Brewing, that's that brewery. That's the that's the brewery that makes the best beer I've ever had." So we stop in, and I was really excited, right, because I wanted to try the draft version versus the can version and obviously with the the draft version you almost can expect it to be even more smooth um, but it was just as good um, if not better than the can version so if you're ever in uh, Nova Scotia and the Halifax Dartmouth area you have to check out this place and honestly try the the can version and the draft version and and compare themselves um, but I'm gonna give it one last taste here we're gonna give it a score um, obviously you, you know, from what I've been saying, it's going to be high. So let's, let's do that. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to give this beer. So like I mentioned, I gave it a 4.75 out of five on untapped. I'm going to give it a 9.3 out of 10, which would make it the highest scored beer on the craft beer talk show to this date, um, which I guess by the descriptions and all the Instagram stuff, you you could have guessed that by now. But a 9.3 out of 10, this beer is just outstanding. A perfect example of a New England IPA. You got to check it out. Um, I don't think you could get it for uh, Ontario listeners in Ontario, but maybe there's some way you could buy it online. Or hey, if you really want to try it, maybe you can uh, message me. And we could figure out a way to get it to you. But uh, just a couple things to wrap up with. Uh, as I mentioned last episode, I did launch um, a website that uh, is in my bio on my Instagram. I can put it in the description of this episode. As well, there is a Patreon page that I am starting up. Um, it is a small donation, a monthly donation, but you get bonus content. So I'm going to be starting to to fire things up for that so feel free to join if you want there's not much on there now so i understand if there's not much incentive but stay tuned because there will be things 
being posted regularly on there. I will have updates on my Instagram so you can follow me at Craft Beer Talk Show there. And, and other than that, uh, we will do another beer another time next week. Cheers.